And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or if you're listening on Sunday night, AM 1260 WBIX, the Business Buzz. My name's John Paul, the Car Doctor here to help you with your car problems and, oh, maybe inform you about some things that I saw this week. I was out at the Detroit Auto Show and got to see the big show out there for at least a day or so, and then I went over to, on my return trip back to Boston, I stopped at the Boston Auto Show to see what was there, and whether it was in Detroit or whether it was in Boston, one of the big things that we saw while we were there was the all-new F-150 for 2018, the F-150, and uh, in Detroit, it was Bill Ford and Mark Fields were at the uh, Joe Lewis Center, and they were talking about that, as well as a bunch of other things, including how Ford isn't just in the car business anymore, they're a mobility company. But with us on the phone is Tom O'Leary, he's the sales manager for... um, the Boston region here for Ford. Tom, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Boston. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning, John. Uh, I'm very excited to uh, be with your audience. And uh, the the uh, the hot thing the hot thing at the Ford booth, uh, well, one of the hot things was the all new F one fifty, right? Absolutely. But, uh, on display in the Ford section of the auto show, uh, there will be uh, the 2018 um, restyled F one fifty will be on display there. Yeah, you you didn't you didn't go too far with it because uh, it's uh, it's a pretty good looking truck right f- right from the beginning. So you 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 tweaked it a little bit. You did a few things, and did I also hear there may be a, a diesel engine in the F one fifty? There is absolutely a diesel. So in the in the um, two thousand and eighteen lineup, for the first time in a while, there will be a, a diesel offering. Um, but to, to your point about the um, you know the tweaks to it, the, the tweaks to it on the exterior styling have been um, really well received. Um, it's got a uh, new headlights. It's got a new grill, which kind of makes it look more like the uh, the current version of the Super Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, so so uh, it's been. Very, I was there on Thursday, and the, the audience was um, you know really excited about the new look of it. Yeah, the 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 F one fifty is the most popular vehicle sold in the country, and I think this new F one fifty is going to continue that trend certainly. Without question, you're right. Um, you know, we had truck leadership. We now have forty years of truck leadership. Um, with the F series um, selling over eight hundred twenty thousand last year alone, so yeah, no, I, I, we expect this new version to uh, to continue those uh, uh, trends. And I, I'm not good at quick math, but that sounds like about twenty three hundred trucks a day. <laughs> you know what? Your math probably better than mine, but that's, I will uh, help this out about right. That's that's a that's a lot of that's you know you think about you think about that and uh, you think about you know you know and somebody smarter than me could probably figure that out and say you know that's uh, like ten trucks a minute or something. <laughs> um, yeah, like you said, it is yeah. the number one selling uh, vehicle in the world. It's the number one selling truck in the world. Um, it sells sells everything in its segment and in its class, and uh, you know the 2000 and AM. We still have 17s in stock, and we will continue to sell those down. And uh, when the uh, 2018 model year is in dealers' inventory, um, New England Ford dealers' inventory, we will uh, continue to sell them at probably even a faster rate. So yes, it's great news. It's a great story for uh, the F-150 and uh, F-Series in general. And I saw I saw a commercial last night on TV from you guys, and there was. Did I see something about up to, like, $9,000 cash back? Uh, well, we have a total savings message right now on F-Series of up to $10,500. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, uh, you know what, it's a competitive uh, landscape out there, and, and we want to be very competitive. And, 
it's an offer that's driving a lot of traffic to our dealership. So, oh. yes, it, it, there's a great, you can get a great deal today on the F-Series um, and in the future as well. Yeah, and for people that haven't driven a pickup truck in a while, especially an F-Series pickup truck, and they might remember a pickup truck from, I don't know, the 80s, these, these trucks are as luxurious as any car today. Yeah, you know, with the technology that they have in them, the ride, the comfort, they don't ride like you said, trucks in the 80s. They ride more like cars and sedans today. Um, they're mobile offices. They're, uh, they're, they're the comfort features and, and stuff are things that you never would have expected in a truck. And uh, Ford's on the leading edge of all that. So, And, uh, and you, you've done some stuff. I, I was, uh, this was probably two years ago. I was out at the uh, F-150 factory, and I was watching them put giant sunroofs into these pickup trucks. And you're like, you're like who would have ever thought a big sliding moonroof in a pickup truck? Without question. Um, people spend a lot of time, and whether you're using it for work or for pleasure, people spend a lot of time in them. So it's what the, the customers demand to, in today's market. So, um, you know, Ford has uh, been at the forefront of, of all those um, technologies and customer conveniences. So. And sort of on the other side of the, uh, of the, the big pickup truck, I saw the new EcoSport, a small, yeah, a small SUV, too. pretty cool-looking little vehicle. Yeah, you know what, it's a new segment. It's a segment that Ford hasn't played in. Um, you know, they've been monitoring. They monitor all the segments, and um, some vehicles have been doing very well in it. So as a 2018 model year, um, Ford will be introducing the EcoSport. It's done very well overseas in other markets, so it's time to bring it to uh, to the U.S. market. Yeah, it's a it's a great looking small vehicle. If you're somebody who wants the uh, you know wants to be able to sit up a little bit higher, you still want a little bit of room when you need it, uh, but you want something that's going to fit in a compact space. The eco the eco sport is uh, looks like a great little vehicle for that. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's you know those segments are growing, and uh, this will be a great entry into into the uh, the small SUV crossover segment. Yeah, and when I was at when I was in Detroit, and I heard Mark Fields and and uh, Bill Ford talk about how they, um, you know, Ford is not just in the uh, you know car business anymore; they're in the mobility business. I get distracted by looking at a Ford GT. So, uh, I'm, yeah, uh, you have you have quite the vehicle with the Ford GT. I know it's only a very limited number of people will be able to get one, but that is one cool looking vehicle. Yeah, you know what. Um they are starting to be produced, and it is an unbelievable, and customers will have them some, um, you know, sometime this in the ne- real near future, this year, this calendar year. Um, it's an amazing product. It's a halo product. It's a product that Ford's done in the past, and they've done it even bigger and better uh, uh, this year. So, Yeah, I, I guess right. uh, it, it, the look of it is amazing. It's, it's an impressive-looking vehicle. It really is. I guess Bill Ford got, like, car number one. Mark Fields got two. Uh, did, you get car, did you get car number three? Nope, I'm a little further down the list. Uh, <laughs> that I will not be getting one, but I, I would like to get one. But uh, it's a, like you said, it's a it's a, a limited production run. Um, so it, uh, I would love to get one, but unfortunately, I did not get on the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, right right now, you know, you look at you look at what's going on at Ford dealers today, and uh, you know, every Ford dealer you go to, uh, you, you know, there every dealership is is modern and bright, and you guys you guys are really doing a lot working with the dealer network trying to make the whole buying and servicing experience as good as it is today right yeah you know what that's what it takes to, in today's market i mean the customers are so educated about the product they expect a a level of um, customer um, conveniences at the dealership when they're there 
Um, you know, Sport has spent a ton of time and effort, and the dealers have spent a ton of time and effort and money renovating and upgrading their facilities in the last you know, five, six, seven years. Um, and you're right, the, the, it's the trust mark look um, that the, most of the, or a lot of the Ford dealers have, and um, it, it does provide the customers when they're in for service or sales um, the, the, the expectations and conveniences that uh, you didn't see in the past. So Ford's done a lot of time, and the dealers have taken a lot of time and effort to upgrade all, a lot of the facilities in New England. Yeah, and the, the product lineup is is pretty amazing. Whether it's the F series trucks, like you said, you know where you you've been the leader in that, or uh, whether the car that uh, you know got me here today is a five door Focus wagon, and uh, and what what a great little car. Yeah, you know we don't make the Focus wagon anymore, but uh, our, our, yeah, well Focus five door. Oh yeah, five door. Yeah, whatever, whatever you call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, um, yeah, without question. I mean, Ford, you know, we have an entire lineup of cars, SUVs, and trucks, you know, best in class in, in a lot of the, the categories. Um, and it's a great time to be a, a Ford uh, dealer and a customer. I mean, the product is world class across the board. Yeah. And, you know, the, the last Focus I drove was uh, had the one-liter uh, EcoBoost engine in it. And you think about a one-liter engine smaller than what's in a lot of current motorcycles today. And the thing performed amazingly well and got 40 miles per gallon. Yep, without question. Yep. Again, a lot of time and effort. And Ford's doing a lot of their engineering in-house um, now. And uh, the, the, uh, the engine um, programs. Uh, produce a lot of uh, world-class engines. So, yeah, you're right. The, the 1.0 heaters are not what you would think they would be. No, and, uh, you know, for people that are looking for something like an Explorer in there, and they're wondering, you know, is that, uh, uh, what is it, 3.5-liter EcoBoost V6, is it going to have enough Is it going to have enough uh, power to pull my boat around or jet skis or snowmobiles around? Uh, more than enough, uh, all kinds of horsepower and all kinds of torque, and it all comes up uh, as quick as any big V8, right? Without question, and, and to that point, 10, 15 years ago, who would have thought a, a V6 EcoBoost engine would sell in an F-150 truck? Um, but but it does, and it sells very well, and, and the, the truck customers have been uh, very pleased with the performance of it. Yeah, and if you're somebody who, like a lot of people, drive a truck that's, uh, you know, 90% empty most of the time, it's going to get phenomenally good fuel economy, and then when you need to, when you need it, there's, what, 350 or 60 horsepower on tap, right? Yep, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right on that number. But, yeah, no, the, 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 it's best-in-class uh, gas mileage. The, the new, the 2018 with the, or the 17 with the 10-speed transmission um, gets a combined 21 miles per gallon rating. Um, so, yeah, yeah, the, the power the uh, and the, the combination of the power and the uh, gas rating, yep. um, again, it's, it, it's a great engine. Um, all the engines are, but the 3.5 oh. is a great engine for, yeah. uh, for all of the products. And, and who would have ever thought? I mean, you think about 10 speeds on a bicycle. You would, ne- would have never thought about 10 speeds in a, in a truck transmission, but that's part, of the, that's part of the magic that makes it all work. Yep, and Ford's continuing looking at different things and introducing new uh, elements and new products. Um, that make the product the best in class, and we'll continue to do that. Um, and the 2018 F-150 uh, is in that mode, and we'll continue to, to break barriers. So. Yeah, it certainly sounds it. Hey, Tom, thanks for taking a little time out of your Saturday morning and joining us on the radio. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate your time, and uh, thanks, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye now. Thanks, Tom. Yep. See you. Bye. That was that was Tom O'Leary. He's the uh, general sales manager, sales operations manager for the Ford region here in Boston. And uh, uh, 
he probably doesn't know, but we've met each other a couple times, I think, at different at different Ford events. Uh, but I was out I was out in Detroit on I flew out on Sunday. You remember Sunday? That was the day it it the snow stopped. So uh, after shoveling the 18 inches of snow we got down at my house, uh, I had about just enough time to get to the airport and uh, get on my flight, which was delayed by the time I got there. So, uh, but got out to Detroit. And uh, on Monday, went out to the preview day for the Detroit Auto Show, and the um, the overall the overall attitude I think was a little bit subdued at the auto show, and probably that's typical with any new um, political administration coming in. Everybody's a little bit nervous, I think. But uh, certainly there was some there was some good products. Uh, GM introduced the. Uh, Chevrolet Bolt again. Actually, they showed it last year, but they uh, showed the production model of it. Uh, Volkswagen was there with their with their electric minivan, so sort of a little bit of a capture of the of the uh, air cooled minivans from the '60s. It was still a concept, but I think it's a pretty close concept the way they the way they have it there. Uh, of course, Ford was there with the Ford GT and the 2018 F Series pickup truck. There was there was a lot of there was a lot of cars there. Uh, if you want to check out some of them, there's all kinds of places to check them out, but you're also welcome to check them out on my Facebook page. I tried to post a lot of pictures and some walk-around videos while I was there, and that's uh, if you're on Facebook, you can go to Mr. John F. Paul. Because somebody already had John F. Paul, so but uh, Mr. John F. Paul at Facebook, you can find it. Uh, my Twitter is at John F. Paul, so you can find that, and uh, Instagram the same thing. Uh, but if you want to look at some of the photos, some of the videos of there, as well as uh, the Boston Auto Show, the Boston Auto Show taking place right now, and hopefully everyone got their tickets to the show uh, that we that we mailed out or left here at the radio station. The Boston Auto Show is taking place through Monday, through the Monday holiday, if you're lucky enough to have the Monday holiday off. And uh, it is, um, I looked at the Detroit show, and the Detroit show is, can you know it's a lot of times thought of being the number one auto show in the country uh it's just a it's a big auto show it has a lot of international media so people from germany and asia and all around the world are there to look at the new models uh i gotta tell you i think the boston auto show did as well uh boston has some fabulous cars they have they have the exotics if you want to go look at things you can't afford Lamborghinis and Ferraris and such there was a, a Lamborghini a Ferrari that was there that I noticed I think it's about a seven hundred thousand dollar car and it's one of those cars that if you tried to order the um, latest Ferrari the Ferrari La Ferrari uh, and you couldn't get on the list to get it they said well you can get this one if you want for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars uh, so that was that was uh, that was pretty interesting there. Uh, Bentley did a, a North American introduction of their new car, uh, and um, that video is also on my Facebook page. So if you want to check that out, uh, but they they just had they had a lot of cars there. They're nicely spread out. Now I was there yesterday during the the press preview, so essentially. We had the place to ourselves, but I think even if it got crowded, it's not going to be really crowded. Uh, you're going to be able to walk around. You're going to be able to check out all the cars. Uh, what was uh, interesting at in Boston that wasn't in Detroit? Uh, Porsche is in Boston, and Porsche opted not to be in Detroit. Land Rover and Jaguar decided not to be in Detroit. 
Uh, but you can you can see you know all all the Porsche models, including the uh, the 911 Targa, which is which is a great car. It's a uh, it's a power Targa roof. So the idea that the center part of the roof removes the old day was you had to un, kind of unlatch it and take it off and figure a place to store it. The new one, it's it's electronically stored. The rear window tips up, the roof slides back, and it gets put away. And uh, just uh, a pretty interesting vehicle. They also had the new Cayman there, which is which is a great looking car, but all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, if you've if you've only seen the uh, Nissan GTR, it's been around for a few years now. The Nissan GTR is there. Uh, there. There's just a lot of vehicles there, and if you're shopping for a car, the car show is a good place to go. And like I said, compared to Detroit, uh, I, I think you're going to find almost as many cars. You might not find. Uh, you you might not find. Uh, in Detroit, I think they had 16 Lincoln Continentals or something. Just one right after another, all exactly the same color. Uh, you might not see that many of them, but you'll see you'll see one or two. And I think that's what you're going to see. But it's a big it's a big space. If you haven't been to the Boston Convention Center, the new con- uh, new convention center, it is a beautiful building inside. Uh, they have parking out behind it, and where there isn't parking, they have shuttle buses that run around and pick you up and drop you off. And also, at the same time, the uh, camping RV show is going on on the other side of the building. So if you're going in and you have a, an interest in one or the other or both, you can, you can do both. And that whole area down there is just continually being redeveloped with all kinds of restaurants and, place, and things to do. So you can, you can make a whole weekend, I suppose, out of going to the auto show if you wanted to. But there's all kinds of great stuff there, things to see, and uh, just kind of a fun stuff. Um, a little bit later, I did get to spend a few minutes with uh, Kathy Beslick. She is the, uh, she's the Bolt and Volt uh, manager. And I, I did have a chance to record a little interview with her. We'll play that a little bit later. And why don't we take a break? When we come back, I want to talk about the car that got me here today, which was the Ford Focus five-door. I made the mistake of calling it a wagon. Mm-hmm. It's a five-door, and uh, we'll talk We'll talk about that when we come back. Also, I need to talk about, I promised I would talk about the Honda Accord Hybrid last week, and I never got to it. So we'll kind of do those back-to-back. And, of course, we want to talk to you at 617-770-3030, 770 We'll be right back.
Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. At City of Boston Credit Union, they believe paying for college shouldn't be as hard as going to college. So they're making it easier with a range of local education financing options designed to meet the needs of students and parents. And because they're member-owned, they treat people how they want to be treated, like people, not credit scores. City of Boston Credit Union, uniquely Boston. Visit cityofbostoncu.com to learn more or to apply. Equal opportunity lender, all loans subject to credit approval. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Abraham Lincoln appointed three men who competed against him for the presidency to his cabinet, creating a talented and now famous team of rivals. Donald Trump's cabinet has its own unusual flavor, creating a kind of dual presidency. On one hand, Trump himself and appointees like businessman Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State represent a pragmatic get-things-done approach to government. On the other hand, the appointment of several traditional conservatives to posts at Energy, the Environment, and the Office of Management and Budget signal a shrinking of the federal role. All this represents a dualism in Trump himself. On one hand, he is a pragmatic businessman, lacking a strong political philosophy. On the other, he ran as a Republican, chose traditional conservative Mike Pence as his vice president, and stocked his cabinet with several conservatives. Which Trump will win out? I think on economics, Trump will be pro-growth, but on social and other matters, the role of the federal government, if not its size, will shrink. David Davenport. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800 518 4020. That's 800 518 4020. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor here to help you with your car problems. We have something wrong? Uh-oh. Headphones aren't working? How about click down to there? How about there? Nothing? Oh, well, I can hear. I can hear. Everything's good here that I can tell, so.
And welcome back. Now we're really loud. <laughs> oh, a little bit of a little bit of a I don't know. Me sometimes, I guess. Who knows? Uh, we're just uh, figuring it out still. There, there's. Um, we're just we're we're having we're having fun here. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about the car that got me here today, which was uh, um, the uh, Ford Focus Five Door. And uh, there was a time when small economy cars meant lack of creature comforts and kind of cheesy materials. That's not the case with this uh, Ford Focus. The Focus is available in a four-door sedan or a five-door hatchback. There are two engine choices, a standard two-liter four-cylinder that puts out 160 horsepower or the optional one-liter three-cylinder engine with EcoBoost turbocharging. There are manual and automatic transmissions as well as dual-clutch versions. There are a bunch of different trim levels. There's even an electric version of the Focus. Our road test was in the five-door door uh, focus powered by the two liter engine connected to a six-speed automatic transmission the interior of the focus is quite comfortable and our titanium model had plenty of creature comfort some features that were included were heated seats a heated steering wheel automatic dual zone climate control a sound system uh, that had bluetooth connectivity including music remote keyless entry remote start rear view camera Ford sync system. Safety is addressed with a full complement of airbags, stability control, tire pressure monitors. The front seats are uh, pretty comfortable with decent support and plenty of head and leg room. The controls are generally pretty easy to operate. Ford, like some other manufacturers, is moving away from all touchscreen controls and adding some knobs and buttons. Our model gets the 18-inch alloy wheels with a kind of uh, all-season performance tire on it, automatic headlights with automatic high beams. Uh, body color exterior mirrors and door handles, cruise control, uh, power rear windows, a trip computer, front center armrest, rear vents, a good sounding stereo with a subwoofer, steering wheel mounted auxiliary controls for the trip computer and radio. The rear seat can accommodate two, maybe three, but it's going to be a little crowded back there. Um, there's a small center console for storage, a decent-sized glove box, a couple of cup holders. Uh, it is a it is a five-door hatch, so you can fold the rear seat down and carry a fair amount of stuff in the back. Uh, overall, the interior had a really nice quality look to it for for what you know you think of Focus as an economy car. Not necessarily an economy price. We'll get to that in a minute. On the road, the Focus is pretty quiet. rides well. It handles better than I expected. No one will confuse it with a BMW, but that's just fine. Performance from the 2-liter engine is actually pretty good. The combination of the 6-speed transmission uh, worked well together. Performance uh, just felt generally pretty good all the way around. I mean, it is it's pretty decent horsepower. It's 160 horsepower. Uh, fuel economy was the highlight. Uh, this EPA estimates 26 miles per gallon in the city, 38 on the highway. I've been averaging about 33, 34, which is pretty good. There's also a start-stop feature, which shut the engine off and save fuel. Uh, the brakes aren't bad. It had uh, seems like it stops pretty quick in the one time I needed to do that. Uh, the bottom line is the latest uh, Ford Focus is the best to date. The ride's smooth, relatively quiet. Fuel economy is very good. There's plenty of luxury touches and high-tech high tech features that were unheard of just a few years ago. And if you're looking for a compact car, the Focus deserves a good look. Our test car had a base price. Now, ours was the fanciest version, $23,725, and an as-tested price of $27,170. And you kind of go, well, that's a lot of money for a Focus, but it's actually, it's a, it's a it's a really nice car. Ford did a really good job with it, and it our, our model had um, 
a few extras added to it. The paint was uh, was a, a ruby red tinted clear coat that added almost $400 to the price. The 18-inch wheel and tire package uh, added a little bit of extra, about 600 the technology package added, so navigation and all those kind of things added another $800. And the cold weather package, which included all-weather floor mats, uh, another couple hundred bucks. So by the time you were done, the car ended up at about $27,000. So certainly, certainly a car that is uh, very functional, easy to drive, easy to park. And uh, for somebody who's looking for that utility without having a sport utility vehicle, there isn't a lot of choices. And these these five-door hatches are very popular in Europe. And uh, I don't know why they're not more popular here, because they offer that utility that a lot of cars just don't. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770. 770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us about your car, your car problems, or whatever's on your mind. In fact, it might not be a bad time to think about trivia. And since we've been talking a lot about the auto show, let's talk about the very first auto show. So you might have to do a little bit of homework to know the answer to this. But where was America's first auto show? Or I'm, I'm sorry, when was America's first auto show? The very first auto show was in New York City, uh, Madison Square Garden. So what year was America's first auto show? Give us a call at 617-770-3030, and we will give you some kind of prize. If you called, uh, if you called last week and you won, your trivia prize just went out. It was actually a AAA membership, and it just went out. And I talked about this last week with Paul Sullivan, um, a product called Traction Magic. It's um, guaranteed safe to be used around people. Children, pets, it's the only traction agent that works instantly. It can be used on slipping tires, icy walkways, driveways. It can be spread on any surface without worrying about damaging it. And um, I haven't yet, I have yet to try it because uh, by the time I got it home, the snow melted. But I'm, I am convinced that between now and uh, whenever winter ends, I will have plenty of opportunity to use this stuff. Uh, let's talk about what, it, let's see what it says about it here. Traction Magic. It's environmentally safe. It's pet and family safe. Easy cleanup. Self-contained kit includes gloves and a mini shovel for digging out tires. A little goes a long way. Developed specifically to address ice traction. It works on block ice. I don't know when you would use it for that. And it has a durable container to stop spills and breakage. Well, I bought, like, not rock salt, but ice melt stuff in a bag last year. And by the time I looked at it in the spring, it was a big clump of hard salt that collected all the, sucked all the moisture out of the air and turned into this big mess of nonsense. Um, but they compare to some of the other uh, traction things that people use, and they're trying to compare it, is... Um, Rock salt safe? No, not really. Is sand safe? Yeah. Is kitty litter safe? Um, is uh, rock salt good for pets? Not so much. Does rock salt clean up easy? No, it gets all over our kitchen floor. Um, does a little go a long way with kitty litter, sand, or rock salt, or volcanic rock, which I've never used before. 
Uh, were any of these products developed specifically to address ice traction? This stuff actually has like little, it looks like it has like little spikes in it almost that, um, that is what gives you, gives you traction to be able to do what it's supposed to do. So, uh, I, I don't know, kind of an interesting product. We'll have to, we'll have to try it out and see what it's like. And, uh, but I finally did get it home and we'll have to test it out and see how it works the next time it snows. And like I said, I'm pretty convinced it's going to snow. And it's funny, I turned my little computer on from last week and, um, last week, our friend Carol from Lynn called up and said, is there any place you can charge an EV can, if she brings her electric vehicle to the convention center? And I still have on my screen where the EV charging station is. It's actually across the street at the Seaport Hotel. It says, uh, where's the nearest EV charging station at Seaport Hotel, conveniently located across the street from the convention center? And uh, it also says, please visit the U.S. Department of Energy site to search for local charging stations. So in that general area, if you wanted to charge, charge an EV... You would do it at the Seaport Hotel. Let's uh, go over to the phones and let's talk to Mike that has a question. Michael. Yes, uh, good morning. How are you today? Hey, how are you? Very good. Uh, just three quick comments. One is uh, I was fortunate enough to go to two auto shows in the last two weeks. First one was CES, which is now an auto show. It certainly is. And, and what, uh, what, did, what did you see at CES that was automotive related? Uh, a lot of stuff. But, I mean, the one that I called particularly to talk about was the, uh, uh, the artificial intelligence that's going into cars. Uh, I saw two ones that I think are going to be the winner. I think that if Amazon can get these new, are you familiar with the Echo device? with yep. Alexa? I mean, that would be, they're trying to push, I think a couple of car companies are already putting that into cars. That would be a big winner. And the one that could really be the biggest winner is the IBM Watson which is the one you saw on Jeopardy. Uh, I mean, those are the ones I saw. I mean, there was a lot of audio stuff like that. and I could talk to you about concept cars and blah, blah. But mm-hmm. I, think that, I think that this artificial intelligence, this edge computing to compute the cars for autonomous driving, which is coming, is going to be the big, big thing. So I just wanted to limit the conversation to that, to that one comment mm-hmm. on that sector. That AI, that's going to be the big one. Watch it in the next couple of years. You'll never buy another car in two years. You're only going to lease a car because they can't keep up with the electronics. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of interesting. Right now, I guess about a third of the vehicles being sold, if you will, are actually being leased. Um, those are those are vehicles that we're seeing. You know that you know leasing was never that big a number, but the manufacturers are putting a lot of a lot of money on the hoods of cars to bring those lease payments down and to try to. And you're right, the technology is changing so quickly. And I was talking to. Um, when it comes to self-driving cars, uh, I talk, I had a I had a conversation with the people at Ford, the people at GM, and the people at uh, Volvo about self-driving cars. And the biggest problem right now is no one can agree. It's almost like the old uh, you know beta versus VHS kind of thing. Exactly. They can't exactly. they can't figure out. Ford says there's no such thing as a level two vehicle that you know has that level of autonomy which is sort of it does a few things um 
GM says there is. I talked to somebody at uh, MIT. They claim they put 100,000 miles on level one and level two autonomous vehicles in the last year. And the car manufacturers can't agree what that really means. The one thing they all agree with is this level three autonomy where the car, the car drives itself until an emergency comes up where you need to take over is the stupidest thing ever. And right. the government kind of says, well, you can't go to level four until you figure out level three. And they're like, well, level three is stupid. You know, it's you, you can't expect someone not to pay attention until all of a sudden the moose runs out in front of them. You know, so um, so they're they're really looking at different things. You know, everybody everybody's pretty convinced that a fully autonomous vehicle, one that you would get in and push a button in Boston and tell it to go to Chicago, is never going to happen because it's really designed to be in a geographic area. So if you if you mapped every single street in Boston, then you'd be able to figure out that maybe an autonomous vehicle could work there. And it's pretty it's pretty amazing because they actually take all the technology and the computers remember every street sign, curb marking, fire hydrant, and building. And then as the car is driving down the street, it looks for things that were different even a half a second ago, and that could be a pedestrian, a dog, a car, or another parked car, and that's how the systems kind of figure out how all this stuff works. It's pretty amazing stuff, but uh, I think uh, the Toyota people came out at the auto show and said, yeah, self-driving cars, yeah, it's going to be a long way off, but I think we're going to see, you're right, we're going to see some level of it, and the other thing, what you mentioned about, like, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, Echo or Alexa or Siri or whatever it kind of integrated into a car, um, the the folks from Volvo, who, if you want to say, are the, you know the people that really lead the safety charge, they're saying, you know what, we're going to put this stuff in our cars because if we don't, people are going to try to do it without safety in mind, and they're going to get in trouble. So we would rather say, hey, let's let's give them what they want, but let's give them what they want in a safe way, and that way they're going to lock their phone in the glove compartment. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know two. By the way, uh, uh, you know a half a second's too long. He's it, got to do it in my, milliseconds. Oh yeah, I, I, I or a kid. Yeah, it's got to be a millisecond. Oh yeah, but, yeah, and that's uh, really that's really. I think they actually said it was something like. Uh, uh, be five hundred milliseconds. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like five hundred milliseconds or something. Yeah. Yeah, and just uh, the second. I know you're busy here. Second quick comment was I did go to the auto show yesterday, and I just compared two cars, and it was so different. One was the new Equus G90, and the other one was the Cadillac CTS. The CTS was $20,000 more than what I could see the G90 was. And there was a world of difference in the cars, I hate to say it. Mm. But as far as the G90, I mean, it was just a great, unbelievable car. I thought the Cadillac was rather plain. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, not the, you're not the first one who said that. They've, they've said the... The the, uh, the 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 new upscale Hyundai, the new Genesis model Hyundai's, which you know they took the Hyundai name off. They you know everyone. I haven't driven that yet, but everybody says it is a phenomenal car. And you know people are doing back to back comparisons with Mercedes and BMW and Cadillac, and they're saying you know pretty phenomenal car. Yeah, yeah. The last as I leave, my last comment. Paint the guys who paint cars should find out what they use to stamp my hand when I go in to the audit. Still hasn't wa- still hasn't washed off, has it? Still no. It'll, it'll be a little springtime. Hey, have yeah. a good day. Thank you you too. All right, call. take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Six. That is true. I saw. I saw somebody trying to rub that green stamp off their hand. Uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't come off. Yeah.
And that was, I think, uh, Detroit used they used the same ink, whatever it is. So it's pretty interesting stuff. So uh, why don't we go over? Let's see if Eddie still has the answer here. Eddie, Eddie, are you there? Yes, I am, John Paul. So what's the answer? Nineteen hundred. You are absolutely correct. It is nineteen hundred. And apparently. Uh, the least popular source of uh, power for cars back then was gasoline. According to the article I read here, it says, uh, it says uh, America's first auto show opened up in New York City's Madison Square Garden in November of 1900. Gasoline proved to be the less popular source, least popular source of engine power. So, you know, they were looking at, they were looking at batteries and, you know, they were looking at all, kind of, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, uh, but... Um, you know, they went on to talk about the uh, Charles Dorier and his the first American patent for the gasoline car in 1895, and you know Henry Ford sold his first quadricycle, and you know it went on to there's a there's a pretty good story here of uh, and the first auto show was actually from November 4th through November 10th, so it was a pretty long it was actually a pretty long show and was a long show. yeah and. 48,000 people went to the auto show and paid 50 cents each in 1900. That was a lot of money. You know, I can, I can only imagine in 1900, you know, people probably made 50 cents a week. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, the most popular cars were electric, steam, and gasoline in that order. So electric cars were the most popular, followed by steam, then gasoline. And it says... Um, <laughs> Kind of a, a funny quote, it says, New Yorkers welcomed electric models as a way to reduce the estimated 450,000 tons of horse manure <laughs> that ended up on the streets of New York each year. <laughs> and apparently, a fair amount of dead horses, too. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, but it says, um, there's an ad from the Winton Motor Carriage Company. It says, dispense with a horse and save the expense care and anxiety of keeping it uh, to run the motor carriage costs about a half a cent per mile. So uh, some pretty interesting stuff from the turn of the century. And to buy that Winton uh, motor car, it would cost you $1,000. And uh, again, a lot, an awful lot of money. That is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but way, back, way back then, consumers favored steamers over gasoline-powered competitors. Steam, steam-powered automobiles trace their roots back to actually 1768. In fact, there's a even though we kind of credit Dorier with the uh, the first motor vehicle, there is a there is a thought from I think it was originally started by the uh, you know we'll call him the original auto writer of the Boston Globe, John White, who claimed that the Roper made in Roxbury was actually the first motor vehicle uh, of some sort of I think it had some sort of steam steam power, but. Um, but anyway, I'll tell you what. Stay right there. We'll put you on hold, and we'll get your name and address, and we'll send you out some sort of prize, okay? Thank you very All much, right. and have a great weekend. You as well. Take care. Bye-bye. We'll let Karen take care of that. We'll get a little caught up. She can get caught up for a minute. Uh, if you're on hold, stay right there. If you would like to join us, 617-770-3030. And I promised I'd talk about the Honda Accord Hybrid, which I forgot to talk about last week. And I got an email uh, or two that said, hey, I thought you were going to talk about the Honda Accord Hybrid. Sorry. If you're looking for a mid-size sedan that gets uh, great fuel economy, the Accord Hybrid should be on the top of your list. Uh, performance from the 2-liter hybrid drivetrain is pretty good, but the fuel economy is the Accord's strong point. I averaged about 47 miles per gallon overall. 
which is uh, this is the kind of car that if you decided, hey, I got, I want to drive to, you know, California or something. This is a car you want to do it in with that kind of fuel economy. Plenty of space for adults. Uh, seats four or five, decent amount of head and leg room, even the rear seat. Overall ride is quite good, comfortable. Handling is about average for a mid-sized family sedan. The Accord Hybrid comes nicely equipped with a long list of standard features. My only one complaint, which is the same complaint I have with a lot of car companies, uh, is the infotainment system, which uh, lacks some knobs and buttons and is very distracting. The only volume control for the uh, sound system is, besides the touch screen, is on the steering wheel. And that isn't, you know, maybe after six months of driving the car, you figure it out. But that's not the first place you go looking. So I think Honda needs to do a little bit better job uh, minimizing the distractions inside the vehicle. It's like the uh, Honda Ridgeline, a great truck or half truck, half car, whatever you want to call it. Phenomenal vehicle, some great storage inside of it. They have that They have that storage uh, uh, in the bed, uh, real roomy, uh, just an overall really nice vehicle, the way they put it all together. Very distracting infotainment system. If you want to go out and buy a Honda Accord Hybrid, uh, the price as tested, $35,995. Again, fuel economy, uh, EPA says 49 city, 47 on the highway, and is powered by a 181 horsepower four-cylinder hybrid electric drivetrain that you don't need to plug in. It just does its, just does its job all by itself. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's go to John. Good morning, John. Hi, good morning, John. How are you? We got a good connection? We do. Oh, okay, yeah. Yesterday I just wanted to mention, I believe it on the radio, uh, Massachusetts Governor Baker signed some kind of legislation to encourage the infrastructure and uh, encourage people to buy electric. I don't know if you know anything about that, but I can hear all the details. Uh, I, I heard I heard that was coming. I didn't hear it got signed yesterday, but that's I, it does, yeah. It does it doesn't surprise me because it really is all about the infrastructure. It really is about trying to get you know if electric cars and you look at the Tesla model uh, Model Three that's going to come out, the kind of inexpensive Tesla. It's going to be in the mid thirties, and if you're able to take the seventy five hundred dollar tax credit, you, you're looking at about thirty thousand. Kind of the same thing happens with the Bolt. Uh, even even the um, the Chrysler Pacifica minivan is a full plug-in hybrid with a big battery pack in it, and it qualifies for that $7,500 rebate. So, And I think that has about a 30-mile electric range. So you combine all that together, and if you have a place to charge up, you know, it helps. And a lot of the charging stations, and I know this will change, and it's already, I guess, going to change for Tesla, but... Um, it's already to the point where you know a lot of these charging stations are free right now. So some of them, oh, yeah. yeah, some of them, are they're always open. Yeah, they're always open. Uh, you know, right now until they get you know until they get real popular. But we were, I was at, um, I was out at the General Motors power powertrain uh, development center, and now granted it's General Motors, but they must have had twenty five parking spots for electric charging, and every one of them had a car parked at it. And, they, and this was and this was employee parking. So, oh, oh, yeah. Where was this? This was in Detroit. Oh, in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I can't see anyone who wants a new car. Why not consider an electric? You don't watch a black and white television, do you? I always say to them, they say no. 
you don't have a telephone on the wall, do you? They say, no. I think well, I do. I still, I still have a telephone on the wall. Oh, oh anyway, most people don't. And, uh, you know, now that I've seen my Chevy Bolt, that's 200 miles on one side. That's, that's fantastic. 200, 238. 238, over 200 miles. Yeah. I mean, I remember the 70s when I started becoming interested in electric cars, a 50-mile range, and that was good. Yeah, 600. Yeah, you know, we got 100, now we got 200, now people say it's, uh, you know, Tesla gets over 300. Yep. And uh, if we can get 600, people will say, you know, we, we, what's it going to come to? Uh, you know, a million well, miles of size? Or, yeah, I, I was also, when I was out at General Motors, I was also looking at um, their hydrogen development, and they're looking, they're putting, you know, every day they're putting effort into developing a lightweight, inexpensive hydrogen fuel cell so you'll be able to pull up to a hydrogen station and what's great about hydrogen you have electric car performance you'll have a decent range you will have to fill up but you'll have decent range and the only there's two byproducts of hydrogen one is power so it turns the wheels and the other byproduct is water well, that was all in the movie you seen the movie who killed the electric car about the yep yep Yes. Yeah, so those are the hydrogen uh, was, was the answer to the electric Well, you know, like I said about the auto show in New York in 1900, electric cars were the most popular vehicle at the auto show in 1900 and everyone liked electric cars because they were you know they, there was no crank to get them going they were quiet they didn't scare the horses uh you know they were they were they were a good choice back then so but even today look you, you don't have to change oil you don't have to warm up the car you don't have emissions testing you don't have mufflers you don't have timing belts you don't have spot plugs you don't have starters all the way you don't have all that hmm. you didn't use all those moving you moving parts so why not consider going electric? Yeah, you know, the tech, the technology, I think we're at the point, and I always joke about this, I think we're at the point where in the 1900s, you know, it was electric steam and gasoline and diesel were the popular choices, and I think, you know, in the next couple of years, when you go buy a car, you'll have a choice of, do you want it to be electric, do you want it to be diesel, do you want it to be gasoline, do you want it to be hydrogen, or do you want to just... Uh, you know, go out and, you know, not buy the car at all and just, uh, you know, car share with somebody else. Who knows what the future is going to be, but, it, you know, it's going to offer a lot of variety. Well, nobody seems to be offering a minivan except uh, Nissan in Germany, and I would like to an electric minivan. A small van and a half of Yeah, yeah, it, it, you know, we are, you know, if, uh, you know, we're starting to see some vehicles that are a little non-traditional for that. Uh, if you if you pay attention to uh, the Frito Frito Lay delivery truck, they have one that's fully electric. Oh, yeah, there's a company bought yep. with electric. Uh, yep. and, 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 and those those are Colorado EV and they went belly up. I guess and the immediate yeah. size electric truck. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, even talk, yeah, there's even talk of an 18 wheeler uh, electric. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, a little, yeah, a little hard on the range for that, but. I think what we're going to see is more and more electrics that are that maybe have a small gasoline or diesel engine that will help keep the batteries charged, so you can drive you can drive forever, but drive mostly on electric power, or you can drive full electric. Even you know Toyota has the new Prius Prime, which is a uh, which is a plug-in hybrid, 
and that's going to give you a little, you know, a little bit of range, a little bit of electric range. So there's a combination of things coming up, and I think electric is going to be a big part of that. All the, you know, all the luxury cars now, the super luxury cars, Porsche, Ferrari, they all have some version of a hybrid, and that version of the hybrid is there not just for, not just for green, you know, to be green, but it's there for performance and power. So uh, we got, we got some interesting stuff coming up. I would say it's all electric because you lose the gas engine altogether because a hybrid still has a gas engine and you still got to do what a gas engine does. So yeah. For that matter, I'm going to buy a little Mitsubishi. There's a little gasoline Mitsubishi that gets about 40 miles a gallon. It's an old place. New cars. Yeah, the, the Mitsubishi so more. Yeah, why go, you know, you know. Yeah, the, the the Mitsubishi the Mitsubishi Mirage is a um, I I kind of gave them an A for effort and a C for execution on that car. It was it's a eighty horsepower car. It's um, you know if you're driving it around town, if you're if you're just driving driving in the city, it's not a bad car. If you have to merge out onto uh, you know if you have to merge out onto Route ninety five on a busy day, it it gets a it gets a little bit dicey. It feels like driving an old Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. 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 No, they didn't bring the Mitsubishi Mini to the show. I was seeing. Uh, no, no, I, I, I didn't. I didn't yeah, I didn't see one there, but uh, but it's it, it but 2017 Mitsubishi Mini because they're not discontinuing it, but uh, they already stopped production. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was funny in Detroit. The big, you know, uh, the smart smart was there with a lot of their cars, and ninety percent of them were electric. I, I say that's just the way to go. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you know, people, you know, people either people either love you know love them or hate them. Uh, but yeah, I, I think anybody who doesn't like electric car never drove one. I, I don't know. I never drove one. I don't like them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing about the thing about electrics are they're, they're just like gasoline cars. There are some that are better than others, and those gasoline cars. Um, you know, you kind of go. Well, some are okay, some are not. And the electric cars. I drove a. Uh, I drove a. Uh, a Fiat electric, and it was a great. It was a great car. It was fun to drive, and it, and it had plenty of power. One of my favorite electric cars is the. Uh, is the uh, Kia Soul electric. Uh, it's oh, a, it's, well. Yeah, it's a it's a great electric car. But if you're somebody like, but on the other hand, I commute. A hundred miles round trip back and forth to work every day. It's that's not a car for me because I I would exceed the range. And yesterday I did a hundred miles back and forth to work, and I came up here to Quincy in between, and then went back to work. So almost that was almost a two hundred mile day. I couldn't do that in electric. I could do that in a um, BMW i3 with the gasoline uh, generator packet, or the or if I wanted to be sporty, the BMW i8 or a Chevy Volt. But in a pure electric, but a pure electric, I couldn't do it. But could I do it in a Chevrolet Bolt? I think I could. Yeah, the new Bolt for one hundred fifty miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we'll hear from Kathy Beswick a little bit later about that too. Hey, John, always a pleasure. Uh, Jim, Jim, always a pleasure. All right, take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Let's talk to Jim. Hey, Jim. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Just wanted an opinion on uh, looking for a uh, used car, the five to ten thousand dollar range, and I don't want you know repairs wise. I wanted if you had any thoughts, something you might recommend. Well, it's you know in that price, you know you're in a you're in a pretty broad price range. So you know if you're looking at you know if you're looking at outright dependability, 
you know, it's almost like you, you'll, you'll never go wrong with the, you know, what size car are you looking for? Let's start there. Probably just a four-door sedan. Just, so like a mid-sized car, like a Toyota Camry or something like that? or I used to like Tauruses and Luminas. Yep. Yeah, well, and, you know, the good thing is at the top of your range in that, like, 10, you know, in that $10,000 range, you can buy a pretty good late model um, late model GM or, or or even a Taurus in that range. So it's really going to depend on how, you know, where the car has been up to that point. Um, you know, for, you know, the cars that get the most, that get the, you know, that always have the reputation of the best quality are going to be, are going to be, uh, you know, Toyotas and Hondas. You know, there's, they, but that, that has as much to do with perception as reality. Uh, they are, they are good, they are certainly good, good cars. You know, are they that much better than a, than a, uh, you know, if you went out and bought a Buick LaCrosse or a Ford Taurus? They're not that. They're not that much better. But what uh, what I would do, what I would do is I would start to shop around a little bit, look around a little bit, and then uh, depending on how old the car is, make sure you bring it someplace. Make sure you bring it someplace where uh, they can check it out and see see what kind of shape it's in and 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 how how it was treated up to the point where where you're thinking about looking at it. Okay. That's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna give you a, a a lot of idea. The other thing is if you're buying it from a private party, two things. If you're buying it from a private party, find out find out how long they've really owned the car. There are a lot of private party sales out there that they're really nothing more than a than a kind of loosely loosely disguised used car dealer. That they're buying and selling cars. You know they always have a car for sale every every month or two, and their cars that they're either buying at auctions or who, who knows who knows where they're coming from. You know, maybe they work maybe they work at a car lot and they're they're uh, they're either bringing one home or they take one in and they decide they want to buy it and try to make a little money with it. If you're buying it from a private party and they're the first or second owner of the car, then ask them for maintenance records. See if they've been taking care of the car pretty regularly. That's going to give you a big indication about what's going on. Yeah, I just remember the uh, Luminas. You know, they'd have head gasket. Oh yeah, on yeah, that yeah. Everyone you bought had a problem with it. Yeah, not, and, and that was it. and the same thing. Even the Ford Tauruses, the some of the Tauruses back in the you know back in the eighties, it seemed like every one that had a three liter engine in it uh, or the three point eight, I don't remember which one it was. Um, you know what Ford really needed, and, what, and actually what GM needed too was they needed about two more head bolts per engine. Uh, because the three point oh yeah yeah they just you know it just was you know that's where the problem was um, yeah. you know so I probably stay away from things like uh, you know if you if you said to me hey I found a really good Volkswagen Passat and I might not rush to go buy a, a used Volkswagen Passat unless I really knew about how used it was and the and the kind of maintenance it got. Um, I'd, I'd be a little careful with that, but you know, like I said, if I if I was out looking, would I look at you know even a smaller car like a Chevy Cruze? Yeah, I, I would. I mean, they're pretty functional, pretty simple cars. Um, but again, you know, history will say that the best used cars are you know Camrys and Accords. The problem is they're so popular as used cars. There's a lot of those cars that are really just shouldn't be sold at this point because who knows what happened to them and they just sort of show up at kind of sketchy used car lots or not even used car lots. Again, they're sort of, um, 
they're, they're one of those things that it just it just shows up and somebody has it and come to find out it's uh, it's not you know it's they're not they're not a private party they're somebody who's just selling cars I see yeah all right I appreciate okay that. good luck Jim all right, let, let me let me know before you go buy something though if you, if you start to see something you like uh, you know go check it out and see see what it is okay all right thank all you. right take care bye bye Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. As we were talking about uh, some of the self-driving features, Infinity will introduce the QX fifty crossover concept with uh, self-driving technologies this week. Um, and the Infinity said the QX concept uh, will be a rollout of autonomous drive support technologies whose remaining focus to ensure that drivers retain ultimate control. Again, that's sort of the same thing. It's uh, They're saying drivers will remain in control, which I think is good. The downside of all of this is, or the upside, I guess, is what Jay Leno said about self-driving vehicles. At least somebody's paying attention. Because, uh, and I think I think what I heard the other day is vehicle manufacturers are going to have to put everything in cars that people want, but put it in in a way that's going to be safe. Because if they don't, what's going to happen is people are going to try to do it anyway. People are going to grab for their phones and they're going to look for their music players and they're going to do all the stuff that is going to make them distracted and it's going to cause problems. So put all that stuff in there, have it integrate with the car, and then people can use it safely. Let's take one more call and then take a break. Let's talk to Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey, John Paul. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, great show. Hey, uh, I got an 03 Liberty in my... Uh, I'm starting to do a little work on it, so I'm on the net looking for stuff. And then I'm finding out all these problems, you know, the, the crying page where everybody's yeah. uh, moaning about the car. And it's kind of got me going a little. I got 70 grand on it. It's a O three. It's my wife's liberty. She mm-hmm. loves it. Uh, anything I should be looking for coming down the road that you might know of? Or? The only the only thing I've heard as kind of a I don't want to say a standard liberty issue, but that's been that's been a vehicle that it seems like when they get a hundred thousand miles on them, you can have some yeah. transmission problems. Yeah, that's okay. That's that's one of the things I read. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, they're they're. Fairly straightforward cars. I, I think there's been there's been some emissions related things, you know, catalytic converters and stuff like that. But but other than that, other than that, I don't I don't you know the the big the big issue is I believe the uh, the the transmission. Is this got the uh, four cylinders? It's got the three point seven in it. Uh, three point seven. Yeah. So you know that that's been that's been overall. I think that's been a pretty successful engine for Jeep. So that's not one that I I would you know worry about too too much. But um, but yeah, the, the big thing you have coming up. You know, what's what's the condition of the fluid look like? How's how's the transmission fluid look? It, it, that's fine. Everything that's always that's been fine. It yep. looks fine, and you know. I changed it probably uh, twenty grand, not even maybe. Oh, okay. So I, I had to do a pan, so I cha- I changed yeah. the fluid. Everything looked good, so. Yeah, I mean the only, the only other thing, like every car today, I think there's probably half a dozen recalls that have been on this car for all yeah, kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I just make sure they all got done. Okay. Yeah, I think there was. Um, on some of these, I think the the one that bothered me the most, as I recall, there was something about a control arm recall or something. Upper control arm. 
Okay. Yeah, that that would be the one that would bother me. And on the liberty, yeah, on liberty, yeah. Okay, I'll look at that. Yeah, and the only the only other thing that um, kind of common in this engine is the um, PCV system picks up moisture, and it, it will actually freeze, and then all of a sudden you end up with an engine that can't breathe. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, I don't remember what the fix was for that, but it's. I think it's it's probably a matter of you know repositioning the PCV hose or something. Uh, but okay. but yeah, and it would be in you know it'd be like uh, you know today where uh, you know it's it starts off kind of warmer and then turns colder and then all of a sudden you get moisture build up and uh-huh. uh, and and when it freezes up you can have you can have some issues that the engine's just not going to breathe just right. And okay. I think I think uh, Jeep had some kind of either they had a new breather or some some they had something they put together to keep that from happening. But that's oh, one, right. that's one of those things that if it um, that if I'm it, looking at that, yeah. Yeah, but other than that, that's uh, you know just try to take it. Yeah, if you look at some of the forums, you wonder why you ever would even think about buying one. Oh, honest to God, I, it's like oh 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 my God. Yeah, you know, I break out the wallet and I go uh oh. So I wanted to talk to you and see what you thought. Yeah, no, like I said, the one the one the one thing that is fairly consistent on the Liberty is about a hundred thousand miles I've seen some okay. transmission problems. So and like all like all transmission problems it's usually related to the fluids. So uh, just all right. yeah so just you know keep an eye on fluid condition. Okay, okay. Just keep them up and keep them yeah. uh, keep them yeah. fresh. Yeah, exactly. Is that about all I can do? Is there any additives I can put in or um, no, I'm not a huge fan of additives. I mean, if you, yeah, I would just rather to make sure the fluid's good and good and clean and in good shape. And, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, that's great stuff. Paul. All right. Take care. All right. Hey, have yeah. a good weekend. You as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or AM 1260 WBIX.
When you hear these phrases, where does your mind take you? Strolling along the water's edge, a fresh breeze gently blows as you hear children laughing and playing. Shopping in an open marketplace, where the rustle of people buying and selling mixes with the scent of freshly baked bread and music that tickles your ears and adds pep to your steps. Traveling with like-minded people who embody your hopes and embolden your faith in a majestic and serene country. These experiences only scratch the surface when you join us in Israel for nine breathtaking days this fall. Capture the wonder of the Bible coming to life as you take the trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land. Experience Israel this coming November like never before. See firsthand how the old and new combine to create a beautiful tapestry that will revitalize your faith. Become engulfed in the beauty of Mediterranean landscapes and culinary delights, all in the comfort of four- and five-star accommodations. For cost and trip details, visit experienceisraeltour.com. That's experienceisraeltour.com. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Abraham Lincoln appointed three men who competed against him for the presidency to his cabinet, creating a talented and now famous team of rivals. Donald Trump's cabinet has its own unusual flavor, creating a kind of dual presidency. On one hand, Trump himself and appointees like businessman Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State represent a pragmatic get-things-done approach to government. On the other hand, the appointment of several traditional conservatives to posts at Energy, the Environment, and the Office of Management and Budget signal a shrinking of the federal role. All this represents a dualism in Trump himself. On one hand, he is a pragmatic businessman, lacking a strong political philosophy. On the other, he ran as a Republican, chose traditional conservative Mike Pence as his vice president, and stocked his cabinet with several conservatives. Which Trump will win out? I think on economics, Trump will be pro-growth, but on social and other matters, the role of the federal government, if not its size, will shrink. David Davenport. Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal Opportunity Lender. Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. Consult your tax professional before investing. Let me ask you a question. Can you keep your 401k or IRA safe from the death of the dollar, continued rampant Fed spending, political corruption, and from the possible new Cold War with Russia? If you answered no, then listen up. Fortunes are going to be made and lost over the next few months. It's time you took action. Over 50,000 people have requested our Gold IRA Investment Guide to learn how to protect their retirement savings. Now it's your turn. We are Advantage Gold, the number one rated gold IRA company in America by TrustLink. Right now, we are giving away a free copy of our new Gold IRA Protection Guide to anyone with an IRA, 401k, or retirement account that is over the age of 55. Just call one 800 9 right now, and we will help teach you how to keep your retirement savings away from the government and safe in your pocket. Just call today at 800-900-8000. 
That's 800-900-8000. Representatives are standing by. Call 800-900-8000 today. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Round, round, get around, I get around, yeah, get around, round, round, I get around. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or AM 1260 WBIX, the Business Buzz. Well, I had a little, I had an opportunity to spend a few minutes, and it's just a, just a short interview. I think it's about five minutes long uh, with Kathy Beslick. She is the marketing manager for the Chevrolet Bolt and the Volt. And my question to Kathy was, um, what was the big news with the Chevrolet Bolt? Big news today um, at, with the Bolt TV. We won uh, the North American Car of the Year. And the Chevrolet Bolt is one of those vehicles that I think a lot of people, when it was first introduced, maybe were, well, is it going to be, is going to take forever to come out? And you guys kind of introduced it a year ago, and it's almost for sale, right? Yep, we, we did a we did a dual reveal last year, um, and one at CES, and the next one was uh, was right here at this show one year ago today. And today, um, not only did we win a car of the year, but we also are in full launch mode. We Our first sales happened last month of December. We sold 579 Bolt EVs, and it's only going to grow from there. And the Bolt is one of those cars, a lot of people think about electric cars, and, and they're like, oh, you get 70 or 80 miles worth of range, but this is an electric car you can drive every day. It has a range of over 200 miles, right? Absolutely. This this potentially can be a vehicle for anyone. A 238-mile range on a single charge and a very affordable price. So we're definitely the first to crack the code of range and price, for sure. And, uh, well, let's talk price. Uh, about $30,000, is that what I've heard? The, the starting MSRP for the LT is at 37495 but that's before federal tax credits of up to $7,500. So if you're one of those people that can take a $7,500 credit, mm-hmm. that that uh, helps a lot. That it, that does. You can yeah. potentially have a net value of $29.95. And um, charging is always an issue with electric cars. Is this car equipped um, to handle fast charging? It is. It is correct. Um, it is an available option. It does not come standard. However, uh, with DC fast charging, you can actually charge a vehicle up to 90 miles in about 30 minutes. So that's a, a phenomenal rate. And just some time to get a cup yeah. of coffee and charge your vehicle. And we are starting to see more and more charging stations all over the place, which makes it easier. And for people who have a kind of a aversion to, well, I have to go plug my car in, and you talk about mm-hmm. things that people plug in every day, I, uh, you know, you talk to it's people who come here and they get to the hotel and they plugged in their laptop and their tablets and their phones, why not plug in a car, right? That, that is correct. It is no different than plugging your cell phone at night. Yeah. So simply plug it in at night and by morning it should be fully charged uh, on a 240 volt level 2 charger, no problem. And uh, so that's just overnight and uh, easy to charge up. And I commute about 100 miles round trip a day, so for uh, an electric car that had a 100 mile range, a little bit tight for me, but for one that has 238 miles, uh, easy, easy to do charge it up and I'm good to go again the it, next day. It definitely could be. You know, mm-hmm. most people charge at home or at work. Yep. So depending on where you work, your 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 employer may have some available charging stations. So feel free to check that out. But there are plenty of apps available at your fingertip, including the My Chevrolet app. You can actually locate any charging station throughout the United States. Yeah, we actually have a charging station at work. Oh, so. very nice. <laughs> yeah, she does. And, and 
the Chevrolet Bolt is your full electric car, but the Volt has been redesigned lately too, right? That that it, it has. In two, for 2016 model year, it was fully redesigned um, yeah. inside and out, and um, you know, great design technology. Um, and actually, we, we took feedback from our consumers from Gen One Volt, and we actually incorporated all that feedback into the Gen Two. So it's been a, a great vehicle, um, phenomenal, um, phenomenal. Um, discussions from, from owners and so forth. So I think um, now with the Bolt EV on board, we have a growing product portfolio of electric vehicles. So we have Volt, we have Bolt EV, and then we also have a Malibu hybrid too. So we have options for consumers out there. Do you think, and I, I predict this, and this is me predicting the future, that you know, back in the 1900s, you could buy a car that was electric, gas, diesel, steam-powered, whatever the case is. Do you think the future will really be that when you go to the local Chevrolet dealer, you'll say, um, no, I think I want the diesel version. No, I think I want the gas version. Do you, I think I want the hybrid version. Do you think drivetrains will be as, um, I guess, replaceable as, you know, what kind of it, infotainment system you want in your car? Um, it's, it's hard to say. I do know that, you know, with, with Chevrolet, we do have a full-line mm. portfolio of vehicles. So we do cater to every customer and what their needs are. Yeah. So that's why we have a growing electrification portfolio. We have the Volt, Mobile Hybrid, and then Volt EV. So it, for anyone who's considering even dipping their toe into electric, yeah. we do have available options. Yeah. And then when you're ready to go fully electric, we have the all-new Volt EV. Yeah, no, it sounds, it sounds great. And I uh, just want to say congratulations on your win. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. And that was Kathy Beslick. She is the marketing manager for Chevrolet Bolt and Volt. And um, the Bolt is one of those vehicles at 238-mile uh, range, base price about $37,000, $38,000, I think. And if you are able to take advantage of that $7,500 tax credit, now you're down to 30000 which is still expensive but still um if you're looking for if you're looking for a car and you're looking for something you don't have to stop at a gas station and ideally if you have a garage because the idea of having a i don't have a garage at my house so the idea of having to plug an electric car in is a little bit annoying but if i had a garage that would be nice just drive in plug it in not worry about it. Let's uh, talk to our buddy, well, I don't know if it's our buddy Rick, but let's talk to Rick. Yeah, it is. It is Rick. <laughs> yeah, I've been busy running around, so I haven't been able to call you. I, didn't want to, I have the chance. You've been doing a repeat. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, every 40 years I go on vacation. Well, you know, let me say this. It was only 39, so you took it early. Is that what it was? So. Well, it was, it was my 40th wedding anniversary, and for me to actually take a flight from Boston, the only flights were on Saturdays, so uh, or the only direct flight was on Saturdays. So, uh, so that was that. So I had to, so I had to take two Saturdays off, and if I didn't, I, I would have been killed. Yeah. Hey, congratulations! On you know, 40 years that's an accomplishment. You know, I'm a couple years behind you, but not much. <laughs> so. That's good. Exactly. Um, yeah, I know we talked about this uh, quite a few months ago. Uh, AAA was doing a study on the effects of marijuana and driving. Has mm -hmm. they come up with any results yet? Uh, the results, the the results that we showed are probably what most people expect. Is it's not a good combination. Mar yeah. Marijuana and driving is not a good combination. 
It's uh, uh, it it there's a, there's a level of impairment. You know, the the pro marijuana people will tell you that that is not necessarily the case. But if you're impaired, you're impaired. If you're impaired from marijuana, if you're impaired from lack of sleep, if you're impaired from, you know. Uh, you know, anything, if you're behind the wheel and it slows your reflexes down or it limits your vision, it's not, a, it's not a good place to be. So the problem is it's hard to determine exactly how much. Yeah, well, that, that I wish uh, different states had taken the advice of the governor of Colorado when he says, wait a few years, let's find out what happens in my state then before you decide what you're going to do in your yeah. state. Yeah, I know. And... uh but, uh, no, that's actually what I figured was going to be the result, is that it's going to make driving more dangerous. And, you know, we've done quite a bit reducing the effects of driving drunk and, um, you know, you know alcohol and the effects on driving. Yeah. That, that is not down. But now the rates are going to go back up with uh, people driving around stone. Well, and, that, and, you know, and that's one of the things that, like, you talk to, you know, some of the surveys we did with younger people, uh, So, and I'm talking college kids in their early 20s, they would never think about, or the, a lot of them would always think about if they went out, they would have a designated driver. If they were going out bar hopping for the night, they don't, they don't think that when it comes to uh, smoking pot. No, uh, and that, and that's that's probably a generational thing because um, you know, with my generation, you know, going out and uh, having you know a half a dozen beers or you know that, yeah, hey, no problem, I can drive home. And that, and that, it took us a while to learn that you can't. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's you know, it's one of those things that you you just you're right. It's it's a bit. You, uh, and I, you're right. Generational, I guess, is the right way to do it. And the same thing with kids. They would, they would never think of, um, you know, they don't, they don't think texting and driving is necessarily dangerous. And we know, we know it is. In fact, I kind of joked with somebody the other day, and uh, I think I got in a little bit of trouble over it. When somebody's leaving a bar at night and they've been there and they've had, you know, six, seven, ten drinks, whatever the case is, they're usually focused on just trying to get home. As opposed to the person who's texting, that they're focused on texting and not on driving. The person who's the person who's uh, who's drunk, their focus is to try to get home and not hit anything. So, in one way, I almost would rather have people. You know, I don't want to say I'd rather have people drunk driving, but I rather. You know, I I think the people that just aren't paying attention to the road and paying attention to their phones, and sometimes seems almost more dangerous than the person who's got both hands on the wheel and they're driving at 22 miles an hour to try to get home and, uh, you know, all they want to do is get the car in the driveway and do it without running over somebody. Yeah, you don't like the alternative, but uh, of the two, this is a better of the, the two choices. Yeah, yeah, none, none of those are good. And that, and that, to me, is the only... When I look at autonomous driving, when I look at cars that are going to drive themselves... I look at I look at those cars and I'm like, you know, this is where this is where they're really going to help the people that have had too much to drink, the people that are getting older and they can't see good at night. Those are the places where you know cars that drive themselves. Those would be great. Well, uh, I got some good news for you. You know, a while back I, I called in about the coasting. Yep. And, and my wife was sitting there listening to the show and she was kind of like laughing. Ha ha! I gotcha. Well, we just came back from Pennsylvania. And she she offered and made an agreement that she will stop talking on the phone while she's driving, and 
as if I would stop the coasting. So we had, we got a, an agreement with that. Okay, so. there you go. There you go. <laughs> so a good thing. Okay. Have a good good uh, day, Don. All right, you too, Rick. Take care. Bye bye. I think we're going over to Mike. 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 Morning. Good morning. Yes. Good morning, John. How are um, you? With, good sir. Thank you. I hope you are doing well as, as well. Um, went to the auto show yesterday. Thank you again for the tickets. Sure. I appreciate it. Um, you talked about the uh, the Accord Hybrid, and um, that was a car I was very interested in. And uh, of course, I think I've talked to you before about it. The fact that I don't have the blind spot yep. monitor mm-hmm. and the drivers. And I know AAA has really uh, commended the, uh, you know, the right-hand camera, and yep. and that comes on. But I asked the the rep there. I said, you know, you'll see this in some of your models, and it's not here. Well, it happened to be a lady, and she explained that it's a worldwide company, and that that's what people prefer. Mm. And then you walk over to the Acura, and there's the blind spot monitor inside the yeah, Acura. Yeah. That, they have, and I'm thinking, hmm, interesting, worldwide company, yeah. prefer it, but you go over to Acura, you can get it, and uh, just an observation, and the other thing I went, I was a long-time Prius owner, and I was interested in getting another Prius. Mm-hmm. I couldn't take the white plastic piece. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people have a real problem with that. Yeah, well, here, in the Prius Prime that you mentioned, um, they blacked out the console one, but they still have the one that's sort of on the dash and on the steering wheel. And when I asked the person about that, they told me that the Japanese engineer was very adamant about that, that it had to stay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. I, I remember I, I, used to be a, I used to be a third-party arbitration person for a couple different car companies, and one of them was Toyota, so I got kind of involved with, you know, how they looked at stuff. And this was back in the 80s. And... I remember that the uh, um, that the uh, designers in America said to the Japanese designers, "We really need to do something to really jazz up the interior of our cars. The Camry is a nice enough car; it's pretty boring. We got to come up with something that makes the Camry, you know, you know, not just be a, a Ford Taurus, or we we need to make it look better than everybody else." So the Japanese idea was they put plaid interior in. <laughs> and, and 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 that's you got the same response that uh, the American designers looked at and went oh, and they kind of and they kind of had to stick with it because the Japanese designer really liked the plaid. So so and I think sometimes that kind of happens with you know whoever you know whoever thought that white you know looked clean and crisp and you know whatever the reason was you know they stuck it in there and uh, yeah. it's yeah yeah it's not it's not. It's it's a it's a it's a little bit of a tough sell even for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. I just a couple of observations, but I'll leave you with this. Go Pats. Have a good exactly. day. Exactly. Go Pats. Uh, let's see if we can have time to go over to Scott. Scott, you're still there. Yes, sir. Good morning, Mr. John. Uh, there's not enough time for this question. However, would you address it for the next time regarding tires? And this in this perspective, that well. There's no such thing as an all-season tire. There is no such there is no such thing as an all-season tire anymore. It's it, you know they call them all-season tires. I have them on my car, 
but they they are truly more three season tires than they've ever been. And you know, it used to years ago. I used to say that um, an all season tire was seventy percent as good as a snow tire and five or six inches of snow. And today, I, today I don't think that's the case. They they make an all season tire that the same all season tire they sell in New England is the same all season tire they sell in Phoenix. And it's two different it's two different tread compositions. And today, if you want the best traction. You want a winter tire, and in fact, it was kind of it was kind of funny. There was a I posted a picture on Facebook this week of a or last week of a Lamborghini that hit a guardrail. Yeah, and uh, that. and and you know the the thought behind that was you can't go out in a performance car with performance tires under fifty degrees because the rubber compounds are not sticky and they don't stick to the road. And even a good all season tire doesn't. Do the you know the the rubber compounds just aren't that soft and pliable to get them to to get it to stick to the road. So you're you're absolutely right. All season tires are to me more of a three season tire. And if you need to be out before the snow plows are out in the winter time, you need a dedicated winter tire. Absolutely right. I'm uh, I'm needing to do that myself, and I do run four snow tires, four winter tires, and I can and I can go further places than uh, than jeeps and four wheel drive trucks with uh, all season tires. Yeah. No, four four winter tires make make all the difference in the world. And I have I have driven I have driven rear wheel drive cars with four winter tires on it that did better than yeah did, did better than a front wheel drive car with all season tires. And uh, you, you know same thing same thing you put you put four winter tires on a jeep and the thing can pretty much you know climb a ninety degree hill. Absolutely agreeable, and uh, and I don't understand what's wrong with us uh, smart New Englanders. Why well, we get this? We're sometimes smart, and in my case, sometimes cheap. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you, you look. You know, I look at my I look at my wife's car, for instance. It's got about eight thousand miles on it. You know, the tires look literally brand new, and it's like, do I really want to put go out and buy four snow tires and four wheels to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll concede with that as All far right. as uh, the cheapness goes. All right. All <laughs> right. You. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, we're just about out of time, and who wanders into the studio? But Johnny Costello wandered into the studio. Turn his microphone on, please. There. Where is he? There he is. Good morning. you got a full studio in here. I know. Uh, yeah, it is. It's uh, everybody flocks to the car doctor. <laughs> that's because I. That's because I had. Uh, I. I don't know. Because my wife's in the studio, and she. she by the way, congratulations! Forty years of wedded bliss. Congratulations. Uh, we'll talk about how blissful it is. Yeah, but, <laughs> maybe after a couple of wobbly pops later on or something. But uh, great show today, car doctor. Thank you, and uh, the good doctor is uh, out sick today. Yeah, that's what I understand. Paul's Paul's feeling a little under the weather. You know, he's in that environment with, you know, he's, he's in a little germ factory. Yeah, so. it's unbelievable. Here he is receiving his doctorate, and he's been sick like eight out of the last, I don't know, few months. Like, come on, <laughs> doctor. <laughs> Diagnose <laughs> yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, education. Yeah. You know, well, anyway. But uh, but you're here, which... Uh, That's right. Which, uh, you know, you're you're just a, a phenomenal force in the Irish. Oh, will well, you cut that out? And we're uh, excited because we're going on 50 years, John, so... This is a big year for us yeah. here on the Irish yeah. Hit Parade. I want, I, I want to be here for the 50-year party. Well, I can't wait. I know. The, uh, the, the woman with three names, Holly Simmons. It's something big this year. So. Dude, I can't wait. Well, I got to go so you can do your job. Uh, my name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.
land of mine, the old man said, will be alive when we are dead. My father's words still reign divine. God bless this lovely land of mine. God bless this lovely land of mine. God bless the mountains, the hills and the valleys. Someday the sun will cease to shine. And I deserve this lovely land of mine. Through misty eyes, I see my land. I hunger for a freedom ground. What greater hunger can there be? I hunger still to set her free. So God bless this lovely land of mine. God bless the mountains, the hills and the valleys. Someday the sun will 